This is Off the Rock, On the Record, a podcast by Obsidian Public Relations. Welcome to Season 3, where we're spotlighting small business owners who have amazing personal stories and a ton of wisdom to share with you. Stay tuned to hear from an amazing special guest on this episode of Off the Rock, On the Record. Hello, my name is Christina Babu. I am an account manager here at Obsidian Public Relations, and today we're talking with Maggie Strom, the president of Tioga Environmental Consultants here in Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you, Maggie, for joining us. Christina, thank you so much for inviting us and for giving us this opportunity to chat with you today. Well, we're very excited to have you. Today we are talking about the challenges of managing your business and also overcoming any obstacles that may um, that you may over that you approach um, with growing your business. This year, Tioga is celebrating its 10th anniversary. Is that correct? You were founded in 2009? Yeah, and um, you know, they always say if your business can last in the first two years or five years or whatever it is, to look back and see that we've been in business for 10 years is a little overwhelming. We've been working with you guys and trying to like look back at the last 10 years and what has happened and what has changed. You know, not only are my kids enormous, but just so much has happened with our different clients and our different, you know, our staff. It's really been a phenomenal time. That's amazing. Yes. And um, full disclosure, um, Tioga has been one of Obsidian's longest running clients. So we're very happy to have you guys still on our roster. We're very grateful of working with you all. For those who don't know, please um, just give a quick gist of what Tioga does. A quick gist is a little difficult (laughs) sometimes because, as you know, we do so many different things. As an environmental consulting firm, we do everything from regulatory compliance for manufacturing and industrial facilities to site investigations, where if there's a property transaction, we're looking to see if there's a potential for contamination so that the buyer can know what that is they're buying. If we do find a potential, we could be doing soil and groundwater testing. If in doing soil and groundwater testing, we find something, we can help do the remediation and coordinate the remediation of that soil and groundwater. Um, But we also do work with engineering firms where we're helping them comply with National Environmental Policy Act or NEPA, where we're looking for wetlands or hazardous materials or um, noise, things that Um, federal projects have to examine before money goes into them. And then we have a whole round of um, technical services due where we're doing indoor quality testing, whether it be um, in commercial buildings or also industrial properties. We test for lead-based paint. We test for asbestos and so all the hazardous material testing. And so it's really a wide range of services for a wide range of clients. Sounds like it. Never a dull day at the office, it sounds no. like. No, yes. <laughs> and outside the office. Exactly. Um, all right, so talking about your beginnings 10 years ago, you you launched the firm. Were you on your own 10 years ago? or No, there were four of us. Um, it was uh, a supervisor from our prior position, uh, my boss. Uh, when we decided to start this up, I said, hey, you know, what do you think about starting a woman-owned business? And he said, with you, we'll do that. So we had two other folks along with us, two technicians, um, and we kind of started out just in the technical services, just started off doing some lead-based paint testing, some asbestos surveys, and kind of, um, I had some regulatory compliance clients that I was able to maintain and just sort of stuck with um, doing what we had been doing previously, but this time on our own and in the way that we wanted to do it. And so, and then we just sort of started growing from there. 
Yeah, it sounds like um, I always tell people, especially in the engineering world, there's the horizontal, um, like roads and land, um, green fields, brown fields, and then there's the vertical with the buildings and the asbestos and the lead testing and things like that that you all do. So um, it sounds like in the coming years, you all expanded to the vertical side or the horizontal side. Right. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. So um, a couple of years in, we were able to convince Larkin Myers to come to work with us. Larkin was uh, moving back to Memphis. She's a professional engineer. And as an environmental consulting firm, it's very important to have a professional engineer. And she was looking for an environment that we were offering, which was kind of a life-work balance, flexibility to deal with what would be her burgeoning family. And um, it was just a perfect, perfect match for her and for us because with a professional engineer, it allowed us the opportunity to not only do subsurface investigations on our own, but also to hire young engineers because a young engineer needs to work under a professional engineer for four years to become a professional engineer. And no young engineer is going to want to work for a firm that doesn't offer them that capability. So that allowed us to hire some young engineers under her to work under her and kind of grow our capability and, and, and our staff to be able to do a little bit more work. That's incredible. And and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but for the past 10 years, you guys have kept the record of continually growing in revenue and client base year after year. So that's wonderful. Yes. No, we definitely have. And what has happened is just as you know memphis is a very relationship-based community and you do good work in memphis and it will pay off for you and so in terms of just continuing repeat business word of mouth referrals and that's really how we have grown it's just been a steady kind of expansion of our client base um and to match that expansion of our staff and so we sort of try to work as best as we can to let those two ride together more clients, more staff, more staff, more clients, more work, um, to just do a steady increase over these past 10 years. That's wonderful. And I think that can apply to any industry of any business that they're in. It's, um, it's a great principle to follow. Going back, you, you mentioned um, how you were talking about Larkin, and she um, really stresses about quality of life for your employees. Do you feel, did you see the parallels with how your business grew and the way your employees were happy. Did you see that alignment between it? And do you think that's kind of what resulted in the success that you all had today? Um, you all stress um, a lot about quality of life and balance. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I think we really do try to roll that out to everybody. It's not just like an owner benefit. Um, on Friday, a lot of schools were out. We had um, a young guy who's got a young kid. And I would think that you know, so often it's the spouse or the partner that has to stay home and the guy gets to go to work. I had three guys out on Friday because they had kids home from school and their spouses and the moms were off doing other things that they needed to be at. And so it's nice to offer everybody that capability. It's not just moms who need work-life balance. It's not just moms who should go home when they're, you know, when the kids are sick. I had somebody leave today because there was a fever in the family. And so um, I do really think that everybody appreciates um, the understanding that, you know, you have a family and you have a life and sure you have a job, but there are other things that can be sometimes more important. Yes. Amen to that. As you all were growing in the beginning stages, did you find it difficult being a woman owned business versus, you know, in an industry that is mostly male dominated? Has that ever been a challenge for you or has it been an opportunity? 
Um, in some ways, it's been an opportunity just because there's a certain amount of visibility that comes with that. Um, like in 2013, I was nominated as a superwoman in business. And, um, you know, we worked with you guys a lot to showcase in PR. And there are a lot of great benefits and resources that come along with that that I think have been really helpful for us. Getting to know other women business owners has been fantastic because there are struggles, I think, that we have in every industry that may be difficult for some. I don't know that there's really been any um, just troubles with them. It is a male-dominated field, but at the same time, um, I don't think we've had much troubles with re with regards to that. Um, Larkin has been a professional engineer for, gosh, I don't even know how long, but um, 10 or 15 years. Mm -hmm. And she just knows every engineer in the community, which is super helpful because they understand her and they understand her work ethic and her quality um, of the work that she does. And that just shows in all of our different areas. And so, and I've been in the area doing environmental consulting for 20 years. And so I have a lot of relationships of my own in my own areas and with industries. And I think people just see us as a firm that does good quality work. Mm -hmm. And that's all we really ever wanted to be. Nice. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Um, another thing um, I've always been curious about, especially in a small town as Memphis, where the engineering community, like like you said, like Larkin knows every engineer in town, and it's just it's very intertwined. And you regularly work with most of the big firms in this um, city. So how how do you at that point you already have a relationship with those people? How do you still continue growing? your client base or growing the number of projects that you all do each year. Um, do you have any other tips on how you reach out to other people or are there other opportunities to um, just continue keeping yourselves busy? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. What's great is um, right now Memphis is very busy. And so all of our clients that are steady and our repeats that we do a lot of work with, they're very busy, which keeps us very busy. We're also very intentional. We, we don't want to jump to 35 people. We're 11. We need to be 12. We understand that. And when we find perfect number 12, we'll be in great shape. Um, but we don't want to look for some magic bullet client to drive us 5, 10 more people. Mm -hmm. We like the um, slow, intentional growth, get to know our people. We're a very close-knit group, and it requires a good bit of everybody getting along and good relationships messing meshing together. Um, and so, you know, for us, culture is very important and having a team that fits together is very important. And that sort of maps out our strategy for new business. You know, we don't want to get to a point where we're overrunning our capability with the staff that we have. And so all we do there is just kind of match what we can do. When we see opportunities that we're really interested in, we will go after them. And if it requires, you know, hire an extra person, we'll look at that at that time. But um, we're not in it to gather up as many clients as we can as fast as we can and grow our staff beyond what we think we can sustain. It's, um, it's a very intentional and a mapping of the clients that we have with the work that's out there. Um, and so that's sort of the way we're going with it. That's wonderful. What you said earlier about intentional growth, I think that makes, um, that is a very key component to any type of business. You see a lot of restaurants who all of a sudden open three or four locations and they can't sustain themselves. So you, it sounds like starting off, you said, with four people in the very beginning and have this intentional 
growth, this strategy, this long-term vision ahead. And so explain the process or the, I guess, yeah, the thought process of growing in your field and then also bringing in the new principles like like Larkin and then expanding from there. How was, how did that work? Um, well, like I said, it's been very intentional and it really helps because of the type of work we do. Because the work we have is so varied, it takes really varied skill sets. And so um, when Larkin came to town and we enticed her to um, not only join our firm, but eventually did become a principal and um, then we could, like I said, hire young engineers. Um, at the same time, um, as Lorcan and I, as we got down the road a little bit, we looked at, you know, what is the next thing we need to be able to move forward? What we really needed next was a geologist. Um, because and while Larkin was doing some sur- subsurface investigations, it wasn't really her, um, her, experience. It wasn't her main focus, you know, in school and everything else. We knew we needed a geologist because we also knew we wanted to get into the remediation side of it, not only investigating. So we um, we actually interviewed one geologist and Luke was like tearing off his tie before he left the conference room because he knew that we were all a perfect fit for each awesome. other. Um, Luke said, Myers, you mean Pete Myers, Larkin's husband. They went to school together. I mean, it was it was just sort of dreamy the way it all sort of happened. And now Luke is our third principal. Um, and then it's like all these little stories. Everybody who came to us is a story. Um, you know, we have a, a laboratory in town that's very important to us. And one of our key contacts there said, hey, you guys need to interview Aaron. He's just come to town and he would be a huge asset. Well, now Aaron is a huge asset, just like we were told he would be. It's all these, um, you know, just different things that happen so perfectly, all having to do with the things that we needed. We needed a little more room in phase ones. And this guy, Will, would just not stop knocking on my door until we interviewed him. And we're like, you would be perfect to start doing a little writing for us. And we were like, we would really love to get into wetlands. Well, Ben called us out of the blue, moving from North Carolina or South Carolina, and he already had a ton of wetlands experience. And now he and Will are our super wetland scientists. It's as we grew and decided the different areas we wanted to get into, we were able to find the perfect people to fit into that niche. And so it's been not only just growing people for work, it's been growing people intentionally for the kind of work we want to do. And so it's focusing on these practice areas that we want to expand into and finding the perfect fit for those new areas. Very nice. Yeah. Do you find that Memphis has a lot of those opportunities as well, or even in the Mid-South, such as wetlands? and? Oh, yeah, there's always more to do. And in the practice that we have, it's great because it is so varied. And so not only can we, you know, draw into new areas, but also just beef up and expand and do more of these or more of that, depending upon what the market will bear and depending upon, you know, who we interview, who would be a great fit. Because sometimes on the way I was brought up in consulting is um, get into consulting and try a couple of things and then figure out what is your passion in consulting, because it's all very different. It's all very varied and figure out what you love that you want to do more and more and more of. And that's what we really offer our staff. Figure out, yeah, come in here, do some work, see what you like. And if you want to go for it and just go gangbusters on it and help business development or, grow, you know, grow and um, learn new things, perfect. Great. We'll find somebody to fill your old shoes if you're willing to jump in and put on some new big ones. Very good. That's good. Um, so you guys are about to hit your 10th 
anniversary at the end of the year. Um, any plans on what the next 10 years is going to look like? I think a lot of the just good family fun that we have at the office. Um, we want to continue. We'll, you know, we'll grow probably a little bit here and there um, as the economy allows and as the people allow and um, as the opportunities allow. Um, we always do, of course, business development, look for new opportunities. And so much is going on development-wise in Memphis. It's really exciting to be parts of the different things that have been going on. Um, you know, we've loved working on the Green Line. It just, you know, some new buildings and tearing down old buildings. It's been a really lot of fun. And so we just kind of continue along those roads and see what happens. Very good. Are there any particular upcoming developments that are getting you very excited here in Memphis personally? Well, summer will be very nice. Graduation is coming for my son. <laughs> that is super exciting. <laughs> That'll be a relief. <laughs> yes. To think that he was seven when we started and now he's 17 is sort of hard to believe. Did he finish his college essays? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's been accepted. Everything is done. Congratulations. It's, yes. No, he's picking a T-shirt for Wednesday's day at school. So we'll see what Exciting. happens. <laughs> well, that wraps up everything that I have to ask. Um, Maggie, thank you so much again for joining us today and for Small Business Month. We're so excited because you're one of our favorite small businesses here in Memphis. Well, thank you for all the help that you've provided. And, uh, you know, you guys also are an integral part of our growth. And we really do appreciate you keeping us relevant. Thank you.